Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Friday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online with you at supertalk.fm back at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Second round action is going on. First round was finished up this morning after a weather delay that slowed everything down yesterday. They've got the entire first round done, and now almost everybody is on the course for the second round. Sports Talk brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank for the second week in a row. We will uh, start things off on a Friday with our buddy Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet as we roll into week four of the college football season. Bruce, always appreciate your time. Bruce joins us on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Let's just start, Bruce, in the state of Mississippi because I think there, there are two fascinating games with Mississippi State hosting Kentucky middle of the afternoon tomorrow and things getting started early uh, at 11 o'clock in Oxford with Ole Miss and Cal. That would be a, a 9 o'clock West Coast start time for the, uh, for the Cal Bears. What do you think about the Rebels and the Cal Bears? Well, this is going to be interesting, Rich, because Cal is not your prototypical Pac-12 team, and I know you guys have been talking about it this week. Uh, but I mean, they've really got a granite defense here. This is a you know top ten defense nationally, and uh, that's what Justin Wilcox always built this. The, the Golden Bears a lot different than the Sonny Dykes version, which preceded him there, which was uh, mm-hmm. you know all offense, all finesse. Now these guys, they, they start from the defense, and they're very tough. The offense moves in fits and spurts. I mean, they don't score a lot of points, and I thought that was a little heavy number last week against North Texas, even though the Bears won. They don't score a lot of points. And uh, I'm just kind of curious to see how, how uh, Ole Miss deals with that defense tomorrow. Uh, and, and Rich Rod, the offense has shown a little spark here, but is, is Matt Corral uh, you know, up to dealing with a real you know, top-notch defense? I don't know that he saw that in Arkansas. He sorted it. Memphis is much improved, and the Rebs didn't do much in that game, but that's three weeks ago now. So, We'll see. I don't know that Ole Miss should be favored here, though, and I need a little bit more evidence. I think Cal's legit, and the win at Washington sells must for right now, at least. So we had it 27-21 Bears. That actually might be a little higher scoring than it should be, but uh, that was the score we had in the gold sheet, and uh, uh, you know we'll see. But uh, this is a good uh, barometer for both these teams as they wrap it up into conference play starting uh, soon after. So you've got Cal, who is getting points, winning by six. Does does Cal's offense concern you at all? I know we talked a bunch about defense and Ole Miss's offense against Cal's defense, but offensively they haven't been very good, have they? No, they haven't been very good. Um, and, you know, Garver's the quarterback, makes plays. But I, I think they, they sort of play uh, a style that reflects their defense. They just don't want to put the defense uh, – they, they play for defense. They play a field position game. They're pretty conservative. They can open it up some. Uh, interestingly, they did score uh, 33 against Mike uh, McIntyre's defense at Colorado last year, which is one of their better offensive outputs of the year. So I think they can put up some points if they have to. 
Um, but I'm just not sure that Ole Miss should be favored in this spot. I mean, these guys, that, that, that was a good win at Washington a couple weeks ago, and they've beaten Washington two years in a row. Um, so that was our thought. But, yeah, the, the offense, yeah, that's the concern of the Cal side for sure. Let's go down the road just a little bit to Starkville, 3 o'clock kickoff local time for Mississippi State and Kentucky. Kentucky has the heartbreaking loss last week to Florida. They missed the field goal at the end that should have given them their second win in a row against the Gators. Mississippi State at home uh, late in the game and and really for a lot of the game, kind of beaten up by Kansas State uh, last week as K-State comes into Starkville and gets the win. Mississippi State favored in this one. Do you think the right team is favored here? I don't think so. I mean, maybe, but it's it's too big of a number, I think, Rich. And I think it's, you know, we're starting to look at Joe Moorhead's track record here at Mississippi State. You know, and he's generally been a pretty good favorite, a bigger favorite. He's been able to bully some teams he's been able to bully. But the game last week kind of reminded me of some games last year, the Iowa game last year, the Kentucky game last year. Um, and, uh, you know, Stepping it up here, the Moorhead Mississippi State's had a little bit of a, of a problem. As I don't know Tommy Stevens' status for tomorrow with with the shoulder. We'll see how that plays out. That can't be a plus. But I think uh, you know Kentucky's show. Even though it was a brutal loss last week, I think they're going to function just fine with Sawyer Smith at quarterback. Remember, I, I asked Stoops about him back at, in Hoover in July, and he looked like the cat that ate the canary. Very happy he's got a quarterback who can throw. And I think the plan was eventually he was going to start sharing more snaps with Terry Wilson anyway because he was a late arrival. But early in the season, it was more Wilson. But Wilson, as we know, really can't throw much. So now it's got to be Allsmith. But he's their best passer they've had since Andre Woodson over a decade ago when Rich Brooks was still coaching. I think Kentucky goes in there and gets a win. 24-23 updated score forecast. We took the Wildcats tomorrow. Going to be a good one, I think, close. But definitely plus the points will take UK. You got to help me understand what's going on with the uh, the number on this game tonight in California. Number ten Utah off to a three and zero start for the most part, pretty impressive this season at Southern Cal. They are two and one on the year. Utah only a three and a half point favorite at the Coliseum. I just don't look at that as being a big home field advantage right now, and that's a number that I think, if if I'm looking at it correctly, Bruce has gone down throughout the course of the week. Yeah, we're like you, Rich. I mean, we like we like Utah as a key release tonight. And uh, you're right. I mean, the home field edge is dissipating for SC. Listen, uh, we, we uh, this is well, – I wrote about it in the gold sheet here. What SC's doing there, this is being telegraphed worse than one of George Foreman's roundhouse rides at Ali at the Rumble in the Jungle. I mean, they're they're disassembling this whole athletic apparatus there. Uh, Lynn Squam is the first to go. He's forced out. They're going to get the new AD in there and then – play, Helton's going to go. This is just like what Nebraska did a couple of years ago, and they're going to get the AD in there first and let him uh, have a say in hiring the new coach. Uh, Clay Helton's dead man walking there, and the question now is if he lasts the season or if they have to name an interim if they lose a few more games. I am confident that's what SC's got up its sleeve here. Um, thankfully for Helton, Jimmy Sexton negotiated him a really good contract, got him an extension. He's going to have a nice buyout, so he'll be just fine. But defense is not all that good, and we saw what a good defense can do last week when BYU pressured Slovis, and he threw three picks to freshman quarterback. Utah's got a better defense than BYU or Stanford or Fresno, the teams that SD has played. 31-17 Utes, gold sheet key release tonight, Coliseum. All right. Uh, Bruce, let's tell everybody before we run out of time where they can get your picks and how to follow you everywhere you are. Thanks, Rich. Check us out online, goldsheet.com. Hey, NFL picks coming up this weekend. We are 22-6 and six in the NFL, so you can get this week's issue with all of our picks, plus uh, my picks up there, also at VegasInsider.com. 
I don't know that it's going to do anything to the line on the game, but uh, the Patriots apparently have just released Antonio Brown. So, wow, that well, news just uh, coming across. Against, against the Jets, they better <laughs> – the other half of the team ought to be released too, and maybe the Jets have yeah. a chance. Yeah, maybe so. Hey, let's look at a couple of these games, Bruce, quickly that have got big numbers on them in the SEC. See if we can squeeze two or three more. Uh, LSU Vanderbilt, little breakfast in uh, in Music City. LSU 24-point favorite against the Commodores. Is that too many points or is that okay? I think it's okay. Uh, Derek Mason is unifying, uniting his detractors there uh, because they haven't been competitive against Georgia or Purdue. He d- he's reluctant to blitz. You better do something against this LSU passing game. Now Texas found that out, and Vanderbilt's going to get trampled here. 42-13 LSU, our score forecast. And Nashville, where they may be, there might be more LSU fans tomorrow. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. A lot of people looking at the number on Florida and Tennessee, also an 11 a.m. Central time kick uh, in Gainesville, and saying that's too many points with Florida as a 14-point favorite. What say you? Yeah, I, I sort of understand. I know I was just down there this week, and there's some people in Florida who seem to think Trask might actually be a better alternative than, than Felipe Franks, who is out now. Uh, they thought Franks had a definite ceiling. Uh, we'll see about Trask. I don't know if, if Florida wins that game if Frank stays in there last week, the mistakes he's making. And I'm still not sold on what Jeremy Pruitt's doing at Tennessee. No buy signal on the chat in this game. 35-13, Florida. We think they're going to respond to Trask and we lay the points in the swamp. Big one, obviously the game that's garnering the most interest of everybody. The night game tomorrow night on CBS. Number seven, Notre Dame. Number three, Georgia. Both undefeated to start the year. Georgia a 14-and-a-half point favorite. I don't feel like you usually get this big of a number in a top-ten matchup, but maybe that just kind of shows how much uh, perceived separation there is between top five and top ten. Yeah, you're probably right, and I think a lot of people are thinking Notre Dame, well, they look back at the Clemson game in the Final Four last year, and they think the same thing's going to happen tomorrow. I don't necessarily think so, though, possibly. Georgia really hasn't beaten anybody yet this year. I mean, we know they're good, but, I mean, the only win, the toughest game has been Vanderbilt thus far. Listen, Ian Book's a pretty heady quarterback, and you're getting a lot of cushion here with Notre Dame. It's 14.5 points. It was a close game two years ago in Jake Fromm's coming out party at South Bend. It was only 20-19, to Georgia. Uh, they, Notre Dame won't win, but I think they can hang close. We had a 36-27 Georgia, so really? we're going to take Notre Dame plus the point. That's interesting. Uh, really, really interesting. Uh, that one hopefully will be fun to watch tomorrow night. Bruce A. Marshall on Twitter. You can check out his work at goldsheet, uh, goldsheet.com. Bruce, always enjoy our chats. Let's, uh, let's look forward to uh, next Friday as well. Good luck this weekend. Good luck to you too, Rich. Thanks. Talk to you then. That is Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet. So recapping, he took Cal to win straight up against Ole Miss, so obviously taking the points there. He took Kentucky, clearly taking the points to win straight up. I think he said 24-23 over Mississippi State. Uh, In love with Utah tonight at Southern Cal. Doesn't understand why that line is what it is. Uh, Taking Notre Dame and the points in Athens tomorrow. Uh, taking Florida and giving up the points in Gainesville against Tennessee tomorrow as well. That was Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet. We are live from the Sanderson Farms Championship at the Country Club of Jackson. Just getting started with you on this Friday in the Renaissance Bank studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. Go ahead and go ahead and get it wrong, Rippy. He said it. He said Arkansas. Hold on. Hold on. I'll give you a hint. I bet you hear it about eight times next Saturday. Alabama. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming online with you at supertalk.fm. Glad to have you along. 
When you hear the first notes of one of those fight songs on a Friday and you realize that your lack of band knowledge is going to be on display for the next three hours, are you just rolling your eyes at this point? No, I'm going to keep swinging. Never yeah. uncertain. Yeah. You're just <laughs> never right either. Shoot your shot, man. Yeah, exactly. Oh, goodness. We're glad to be along with you from the Sanderson Farms Championship at the Country Club of Jackson. Quick look at the uh, the leaderboard. What's happening uh, right now on the golf course? Almost everybody is either playing or has begun their second round. You got a bunch of guys that have already finished their second round. You got a few that are left. Pair of 66s over the first two days for Byung Hun An. He is leading the golf tournament at 12 under in the clubhouse. JT Poston. Uh, 64 yesterday, 70 today, two under on his round today to get to 10 under. George McNeil, a pair of 67s to get to 10 under. Scotty Scheffler, uh, currently on the golf course, uh, just made a birdie. Uh, five under on his round today after shooting 68 yesterday. He has got it to 10 under. So those four guys in uh, double digits under par. Harris English and Tom Hoagie, who was yesterday's uh, leader, uh, both at uh, eight under par. And... A lot of good golf to uh, to be played. Currently, the projected cut line is two, uh, two under par, and Braden Thornberry is currently at two under par. He goes off uh, this afternoon. I think his tee time has been pushed to 4.04 uh, Central Time, so will not finish his second round today. Probably gets 12, 13 holes in in the uh, round, and then we'll have to come back and finish things up in the morning. Yeah. You know, even par, he's probably playing for the weekend, but this is a day where he'd love to go out and you know, shoot something in the 60s, even if it's the high 60s, and kind of give himself a, a chance for the weekend. You need to go two or three under to feel good about your shot at the weekend. Think so? I mean, there's enough guys still left out there that, that could move to three. That's a good point. Not saying it will, but like just to feel completely comfortable, another 70 would probably do it. You guys obviously know a lot more about golf than me. We've been talking so much about this field and how it's the best in field history. Who's the biggest name? What's the biggest name and the lowest score? Zach Johnson is six under, former Masters champ. Okay. And British Open. Uh, that's right. Two-time. Don't uh, short of a major. major. It's called the Open now. Yeah. Um, Harris English really isn't that big of a name, is he? He's I don't know under. who he is, so no. Good Play, player. Good player. Played at Georgia. Okay. Uh, eight under par. Um, Scott Stallings is six under, but no. In, in terms of biggest names in this event, Zach Johnson at uh, at six under uh, after shooting 67 yesterday, one under on his round early today, is um, is there. We're coming to you from the uh, Renaissance Bank Studio. Dominic Bozelli has uh, has gotten it to five under, and you say, well, Richard, why in the world would you mention him? Because he's got that Renaissance Bank logo on his chest, right? He does. Um, so, Bozzelli. And then Allie McDonald, former Mississippi yeah. State golfer that was on the Solheim Cup team uh, uh, for the United States last week, also uh, sponsored by Renaissance Bank. They back winners. Understanding you. Very you good. Go. Uh, Brant Snedeker's at four under. That's a big name in the tournament. Patton Kazire, uh, four under. Ben Crane not playing fast. Uh, Will Barwell was documenting that. That was on, on Twitter good. how long it was taking for Ben uh, Crane to hit shots. Is he a slow player? He's, yes, painfully. Okay. Painfully slow. Human rain delay, you might say. I like that. Is your course record still safe, Rippy? Are you and Hugh Free still buddies? My course record is safe if you're going off the high score. <laughs> What's Hugh the reason Ben Crane are buddies? Uh, I think they used to be. Really? 
By the way, Rippy, I just want to let you know, I don't know if you saw this, but evidently on, on whatever show he's on, Skip Bayless said that people referred to him as Drip Bayless because he's so cool. So going forward, Brian Scott Drippy. I don't mind that. All right, then. Very good. I That's don't mind terrible. That. No, Drip is a good thing. It means you're hip. Yeah. It means you're with it. If you have to explain what it means, it means you're not. No, I had to explain it to you. It. Yeah. No, no, I, I completely understood the reference yeah. right out of the gate. Okay. I just didn't think it was very funny. I didn't know if you understood it or not. Yeah, you I and did. the references, not best friends sometimes. Uh, random movie references, you're right. I'm just saying, I, I don't know what you know. We dropped a leather-bound books reference because the very nice people here gave us a leather-bound notebook, and then Hey Dad said something about mahogany. It smells of rich mahogany. Straight over the head. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, football last night. NFL football? Bad. Kind of. Not interesting. Oh. I Gardner Minshew was interesting, though. A couple yeah. of touchdown passes early. I didn't watch a play almost out of protest. <laughs> I watched a little bit of good, it. Good Mississippi kid starting at quarterback well, in no, the NFL, I, I am very staking ha- his claim. I am very happy for Minshew, but as someone who follows the Titans somewhat closely, I got to Monroe at like 8 o'clock, and my girlfriend wanted to watch Mad Men, and I, she was like, well, we can watch that game if you want to, like being somewhat sincere. And I looked at it, it was 14 to nothing, and the Titans had like 46 yards of offense. I was like, actually, I don't want to. Yeah. So you opted for Don Draper instead. I did. You did better. Yeah, I, it was. I was very much just checked out. How many episodes are you into Mad Men? Three or four. Did you watch three or four last night? Yeah, no. It's, this this started last night. Okay. So, so the thing started. I haven't watched night. that. Is it good? It's pretty good. I, I thought it was all right. It moves slowly. Okay. Okay. Uh, sort of like that guy playing golf. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Mad, Mad Men, kind of like Ben Crane's. Okay. Game. Well, that's a good analogy. Uh, good good golfer. I told y'all the under on that game was safe play though. You uh, you did, and it was. Uh, th- but but listen, those two teams can't. There score. was exciting football on television last night. It was, and as always, it was college football providing that for us. All time call from Pat McAfee. Yes, it flags happened, on the field. Who cares? It it's a tutter. In, uh, he said in in New Orleans, the Tulane Green Wave and the Houston Cougars. Holgo, one and three. Wasn't it twenty eight to seven? Yes. Yes. And then the comeback ensued. To be fair, they've played Oklahoma and Washington State. I think he's maximizing what he's getting out of that quarterback. I just think they're a bad team. Okay, I can I can live with that. They're obviously bad defensively because they were put. They played pretty good against Oklahoma. They just got behind twenty-one nothing before you could blink. And then you could argue they should have won the game last Friday night. They should have won last night. Yeah, Tulane ties it at twenty-eight, and they get a stop on defense. They go down. They kick a field goal to make it 31-28. Houston gets a field goal to tie it at thirty-one. With 28 seconds left, 22 seconds left in the game, it was a really small Not amount a lot. of time yeah. remaining. And it looks like Tulane is going to be content. They line up in a formation in which, oh, I mean, victory formation, like they're going to down it. They fake down it, mm-hmm. hand off on kind of an end-around play, the get play was 18 called knee. yards. Sorry? The play was called knee. Okay, it's good to know. That's that's critical information. Um, get an 18-yard gain, and then have just a few seconds remaining, and they take a shot down a f- the field. More terrible tackling from, uh, and, and this isn't like a <laughs> this bad. isn't a hail mary. This is a pass into the open part of the field. They're trying to kick a field goal. Splitting defenders. They're going to try to get the first down and maybe have two seconds to spike the ball and and kick a field goal, and then and then yeah. to the house, 38-31. People that laid the points with Tulane rejoice 
the over was never really in doubt. No, the over was good. And if you were on the other side, it certainly qualifies as a bad beat. Yeah. Um, Will Hall, Mississippi native. As good night for Mississippians. Offensive coordinator for, uh, for Tulane. His name was associated with the uh, OC job when Matt Luke was looking for a, uh, a new coordinator, former uh, Amory Panther, outstanding yeah. high school quarterback in Mississippi, uh, went on to win the Harlan Hill Trophy as the uh, best Division II player in the country in his time at the uh, University of North Alabama. He's bounced around between a bunch of different jobs, and uh, now the, uh, the coordinator at Tulane. If they continue to score the way they are right now, and I don't think there's any reason to think that that's not going to be the case as you look at Tulane, Will Hall's going to be on the move again before long, yeah, he, and it's he, going to be a move to uh, an offensive coordinator job at the major Division One level, and he will get paid. He might be, he might be, you know, a head coach at the uh, as a Group of Five guy. I mean, he's, he, he's got he's got the, the the rocket right now. Yeah, certainly, uh, certainly so. So, twenty one seconds left. Uh, Tulane was going to take a knee and send it to overtime until the fake kneel down near midfield, and they complete the uh, big pass play goes on into the end zone. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Michael Borky is in the studio once again this afternoon. Any progress on your uh, your road to recovery, Borky? Uh, not exactly, no. Uh, swelling's gone down a little bit, but I'm just going to be hobbled for a little while. I know your weekends generally consist of watching a lot of football, but you now do have a built-in excuse to really not move from one spot for the uh, entirety of the weekend, right? Yeah, the, the plan is to try to make the golf tournament on Sunday. I really I really enjoy that event, um, but I, everything about it, and, and I love golf, and so I hate that I haven't been able to get out there yesterday morning or, or this morning. And then, of course, tomorrow I've got to get ready for the Sunday show. Oh, and hold, take, hold on a second, hold on a second, hold on a second, hold on a second. You're planning on making the golf. You couldn't come to the golf tournament for the last two days for our show, but you're going to come walk around on the golf course on Sunday? That's no, I will I will find one place to sit very close to the clubhouse and not move, but I still would like to, to be there and at least see you know, a couple holes that are right there, there by go. the clubhouse. I'm not going to be walking around. Magical healing powers at work between now and uh, Sunday recovery. morning. Uh yeah, don't yeah. forget you've got uh, you got Sports Sunday with Michael Borky and Stephen Gagliano coming your way eight to ten on Sunday morning right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk some Southern Miss next with Luke Johnson on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming online with you, supertalk.fm. We are at the Sanderson Farms Championship in Jackson at the Country Club of Jackson. Second round play going on. We'll keep an eye on the leaderboard just to see if anybody is able to make a move. Right now you've got Byung Hun On at uh, tw- Am I saying his name correctly? I don't know. Come on, golf guy. And it wouldn't kill you to put your headset on either. Glad we could interrupt you. Uh, so, Byung-Hun on at 12 under. Then JT, Poston, Jordan McNeil, uh, George McNeil, and Scotty Scheffler all at 10 under par. Uh, let's go to the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Check in with Luke Johnson, co-host of the Eagle Hour, Super Talk Hattiesburg, and Super Talk Laurel. And uh, they've been talking plenty about the Alabama Crimson Tide. Take me down memory lane, though, first, Luke. You played against Alabama how many times? Four times, uh, 2002 to 2005. There was always something interesting that happened in, in really every game. Uh, 03, I got to throw a pass. Um, 05 was, that was, your, was, own, was that your only career pass? 
Yeah, I completed a pass. It was a 19-yard pass. Coach Bauer actually called the, uh, the, the fake while we were running on the field. I think I was at the right hash when I heard him call it. So I guess I didn't have enough time to think about it. That's why it was completed. Was that the only pass you threw in your career? I was actually three for four. Two-point okay. conversion, a couple puff fakes. Did, uh, did any of those plays result in touchdowns? Uh, just the two-point conversion, that was it. I got you. Did you, uh, did you lobby to run uh, fake punt plays more often? Well, my, my senior year, going into my senior spring, Jeff Bauer and I were sitting at a basketball game together. And I looked at him, I said, Coach, let me, let me go out for, uh, for spring. Uh, let me practice with another position. And he said, uh, Luke, what do you want to go out for? And I said, well, Coach, you know, you know, Ray Guy was the emergency quarterback for the Raiders. And without hesitating, Coach Bauer said, yeah, Luke, but Ray Guy was an athlete. <laughs> well, he didn't. He didn't need much hesitation, but at least he told the truth, right? He didn't give you some crazy off the wall excuse. He was telling the truth. He apologized about two seconds later, but yeah, a lot of lot of exciting times. Uh, my senior year was the the pro throw catch. Uh, my junior year in '04 actually got under center. We had a punt formation we lined up five wide and and i was really hoping my long snapper didn't accidentally snap the football but man always a a great place to play uh when we do our walkthroughs on friday uh, it was just an amazing time to walk out there and we we dressed underneath the stadium so when you came out on saturdays uh it's just very few things like brian denny stadium in college football so were all four games that you played at bryant denny or did you play one at legion field we played uab at legion we always played bama and tuscaloosa Okay, so th- so they had moved permanently away from Legion Field. Yeah, obviously they had by by the early two thousands. Um, is there a, a, a moment that kind of lives on for from one of those games for you? Just, I guess in in oh five uh, we went up on them pretty early. We were up twenty one to ten late uh, second quarter, right before the half, and just running out there, you know, for your third. Uh, I was holding for Darren McCaleb that year, so just going out after that PAT and then going back out to kick the ball off and just realizing you're beating that, you're beating Alabama on national television um, in Tuscaloosa for a night game, uh, and, and that was just pretty surreal for us to be able to experience that. Bama came back, and Brody led them to victory in the second half, but um, that, that was pretty pretty fun to just to be a part of it at that moment. Yep. Luke Johnson on your radio on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Luke, you know, the last time USM beat Alabama in 2000, I was actually at that game. So if you can convince Richard, I'll, I'll make the drive down uh, down 82 and see if I can't bring some more of that luck your way. You can wear that, that USM hat I gave you a, a few years ago. And, look, we need all the help we can get tomorrow. So, hey, Dad, if you want to cheer for us, uh, we, can, we, we surely can, can pull that off. You know, Southern Miss has beaten Alabama once a decade ever since 1980. So tomorrow is the Eagles' last opportunity to continue that, that uh, three-decade streak. I wouldn't bet against history. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't, wouldn't bet against, against history, Alabama either, I, wouldn't I don't bet think. Against, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't bet against two or anybody. Eli Gold, I think, had the uh, most humble comment this week. I asked him what he thought about the game, and he said, well, Alabama should win this football game. I thought that was the understatement of, of – of the year so far. 
All right, so Luke, look, look, take me back to being a player for a second. Now, I know the mindset was a little bit different for you guys, but frankly, Alabama was different th- than they are now. So, I mean, I've been thinking some about what we'll talk about next week as Ole Miss goes to Tuscaloosa. And this is not this is not a knock on Ole Miss, and it's certainly not a knock on, on Southern Miss. I mean, Southern Miss has reason to play this game. The, the million-and-a-half-dollar check is a big deal, and that's a huge deal for the athletics department. Ole Miss doesn't get a check for going to Tuscaloosa. They just have to play them. So what's the difference in a loss and a forfeit next week? You know, I mean, it's like, yeah, you know what, we're just going to take an extra week off and not play this game, we'll take the loss that way. Obviously, you can't do that, but from a player's standpoint, when you look at a game like this, how do you get ready for it? How do you do anything other than, man, I hope we don't get embarrassed? Well, I mean, first off, uh, when, when I played, you know, we had just beat them a few years before. And when I when I was playing, growing up watching us play, I mean, we were that anyone, anywhere, anytime. Um, it's just a different age in college football. But when we approached it, I mean, we really believed we could beat anybody. When we beat Nebraska uh, at Nebraska to start the 04 season, we were trying to, you know, dunk water with Coach Ballard, you know, just throw water on him at the end of the game. And he got really angry and turned around and, told us to act like we were supposed to win. And that was just kind of the attitude, you know. And so, you know, as I was approached this game as a player for this game in 2019, it's an opportunity to play a top top five opponent at their place on national television. Um, I think it's good uh, to to show that Southern Miss, you know, will play these guys. And from a player's perspective, I mean, those guys are going to put on their pants just like we are. Alabama's starting four true freshmen. Um, tomorrow in their front seven, um, and, and so I, I think you know you just you don't back down. Uh, you you know you're heavily, uh, very heavily. Uh, you know you're you're a tremendous underdog in the game, but I mean you just go out there and you play football. I, I think sometimes uh, just sound bites and what somebody thinks that wears a tie on television that may have never played the game before generally impact your your performance tomorrow. You should go out and do your thing and play with your brothers and see what happens. Well, that's fair enough, and I don't have a tie on, and I'm not on television right now. I'm just the radio guy that, you know, never played at a collegiate level. So I, I get that I'm coming at it from an entirely different perspective. I just I – mean, you look at it and you go, there just aren't many teams. I know the whole, you know, any specific day and maybe the ball bounces just your way. And, you know, to your point, Ole Miss beat Alabama in, in consecutive years just a few years ago. It just feels like – it's two programs on different ends of the planet right now. But we'll see. Uh, I guess that's why you line up and uh, and you play these. And my guess is you roll in, you know, Southern Miss played in Knoxville a few years ago, got the big stadium experience. It's a pretty special deal, though, as a player to walk out on the field at Bryant-Denny and, and get that opportunity. It's tremendous. I mean, just from – when you just look around and you see, and even when we would roll into town, we would stay in Birmingham at the Galleria. So the Alabama Highway Patrol, mm-hmm. right where forty nine or right where four fifty nine and fifty nine meet, they would shut down the interstate for about a mile. And man, we were the our charter buses were the only thing on the interstate. And then you roll in on campus, and man, you know there's there's players. I mean, there's uh, fans on all sides of the road. Some are waving at you. Some are telling you that you're number one, you know, and but it's just it's a it's a crazy experience, um, you know, to, to show that. And and just to clarify, I wasn't I wasn't calling out any of you guys on the show as people that wear ties or whatever. <laughs> I'm just talking about I'm talking about you specifically, made. you know, just 
you allow a general consensus that, that you're going to lose a game even before you, you know, the, the ball kick. They know what they're getting into tomorrow. They know they're probably going to get beat by five touchdowns or maybe six or maybe seven. They know that. But as a player, man, to get on the bus and to drive two hours and to play the number two team in the nation on national television, like that's what you live for as a college football player. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm certainly with you, and it'll be fun, and uh, we'll be watching uh, tomorrow as you get set for Alabama and Southern Miss. Luke, look forward to talking to you next week. Hi, guys. Have a great day. That is Luke Johnson. He is co-host of the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Hattiesburg and Super Talk Laurel. Southern Miss and Alabama, part of a uh, what a, a quad uh, four games. From the SEC kicking off at 11 tomorrow, is that right? I believe that's correct. Four or five? I think it's four. Um, you got Alabama Southern Miss at that time, Tennessee, Florida at uh, at that time. Ole Miss's game against Cal, is it, it's five. It's uh, Southern Miss, Alabama, LSU, Vanderbilt, Tennessee, Florida, Cal, Ole Miss. I can't count. It's four, like I said originally. Don't doubt yourself, Richard. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Renaissance Bank studio, streaming online at supertalk.fm, live for the Sanderson Farms Championship, where we have golf going on behind us. Beautiful day here in Jackson. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online at supertalk.fm. Friday afternoon, good to be with you. One hour almost in the books. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey, Michael Borky in the studio. Which pen was that? Uh, Clemson. Okay. Clemson's version of Hold That Tiger? That was my guess. Is that correct, Borky? Uh, Tiger Rag. Slightly different songs, but yeah. Uh, Hold That Tiger is bum, 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 bum. But that is uh, Tiger Rag. Right, sorry. Yes, thank you. Um, But when you get to the chorus of Tiger Rag, they say, Hold That Tiger, Hold That Tiger, Hold yeah, That Tiger. Yeah, but yeah. They're basically the same thing in... People in Clemson will tell you they did all that first, and people in Louisiana will tell you that LSU did it first. Well, I think Auburn's got a version of Tiger Rag that they play as well. Yes, they do. You are are correct. There you go. Uh, There are a couple of pretty large news items all of a sudden on this Friday afternoon. One from the NFL and one from college basketball. On the NFL front... Antonio Brown's brief stint with the New England Patriots is no more. New England Patriots released the embattled wide receiver earlier today, less than two weeks after signing him. The statement from the Patriots, we appreciate the hard work of many people over the past 11 days, but we feel that it is best to move in a different direction at this time. Brown practiced with the team earlier today, but he tweeted his thanks to the organization shortly before the move was announced. Picture of himself with Bill Belichick. Picture of himself with Tom Brady after a touchdown catch last week. And the tweet simply said, thanks for the opportunity. Appreciate at Patriots. Brown has been accused of sexually assaulting his former trainer, Brittany Taylor. There also is information about um, an artist who he, I guess, commissioned to do some work and then just kind of pranced around the house in very little except a wash rag. Um, She was offended by that. And then there were some text messages going back and forward that have been characterized as menacing uh, that included uh, him. And these are just in the last few days. So this is after he was with the Patriots. 
that have included him sending pictures of her children to her as part of a group text message. It uh, just was going south, and the Patriots, uh, finally, somebody in New England goes, you know what, it's just not worth it. My question is, why didn't they say it's just not worth it two weeks ago? Because they didn't know the story was going to come out. Yeah, because it was worth it then. I saw an interesting point that somebody made on Twitter. I would credit him. I forget who it was. But this last little bit, the text messages you just referenced, that happened when he was a Patriot. So that has that that's what they're saying is Belichick at that point says, Okay, obviously he doesn't get it. We have to move on. Everything else happened pre Patriot, so they could they could write it off that way. They just didn't know about any of the other guess, other yeah. stuff pre Patriots. The, the texts were in response to the Klimko story. Right. The the guy from Sports Illustrated talking with about the artist, right? Yeah. So you're sure. telling me he's not some kind of public relations mastermind that orchestrated this grand scheme to get himself out of Oakland and into New England and reality he's just a crazy person that at this point needs some serious clinical help could both things not be true it's got to be the latter not to make light of a completely different situation but when josh gordon is the calm quiet one of the receiving court you know you probably got an issue on your hands yeah you know with josh gordon though you look at it i mean it's pretty clear that this is somebody who has self and yeah some significant issues yes where he was just continuing to make bad decisions and couldn't get out of his own way i guess more my point was his him coming back and being psychotic him coming back and being reinstated has been fairly quiet has it not because of antonio brown josh gordon well that he hasn't really done anything wrong either has he no, right. I mean, not that it should be loud. I just felt I just thought him coming back and being reinstated and playing is and kind of falling into line has been under the radar because of all this. Does this make the Patriots' decision to um, get rid of Demarius Thomas a week and a half ago a bad decision, or had he kind of declined to the point where the production they were ready to move on regardless? Maybe part of the plan was to trade him back. They're going to get him back in a couple of weeks and fleece the Jets. <laughs> Would that even surprise anybody? That really wouldn't surprise me if they did something along those lines. They'll find some former Division II quarterback somewhere who's selling insurance and he'll become (laughs) a Super Bowl MVP. Gardner Minshew is going to be their slot receiver when Foles comes back. And and by the way, for the second day in a row, you had an NFL coach walk away from a press conference because he didn't like the line of questioning. Because there were too many questions about a specific player that he didn't want to talk about. Yesterday, it was Ron Rivera. Too many questions about Cam. I don't have any more information. I'm done. I'm done. Today, four consecutive questions for Bill Belichick about Antonio Brown. And this is before they released him. He goes, I'm done, guys. Moving on. When did we get to the land of thin skin for NFL head coaches? What year was the league invented? No, I understand that, but I'm talking about NFL coaches, not college coaches. It's the same. It's the same. Part of your job is to answer the questions. Sorry you don't like the questions. Just answer them or say, I'm not answering it, and move on. I guess he moved on, all right. said, I'm not answering it, and moved on. Moved right on out of the room. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. And the Renaissance Bank Studio from the Sanderson Farms Championship at the Country Club of Jackson. We are in the Renaissance Bank Studio. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming online, supertalk.fm. Friday afternoon, Richard Cross, Michael Borky in the studio, Rippy and Hey Dad from the Sanderson Farms Championship. Round two going on, current leaders still... Byung-Hun on at 12 under par. Poston, McNeil, and Scheffler all at 10 under, although I think I should refresh. Yeah, it's still the same. 
Uh, Tom Hoagie is at uh, nine under, was uh, yesterday's leader. He's one under on his round today through five. And um, finally, you have uh, Braden Thornberry about to uh, about to tee off uh, after shooting a two under 70 uh, yesterday. Uh, tournament will go through the weekend, and certainly uh, weather's going to be good. It's much nicer today than it was yesterday. It was hot when the uh, the thunderstorms kind of rolled in yesterday. What, just to the... Um, Trying to think where we are. I guess just to the north of where we are, really significant rain. Like at your parents' house, didn't it rain like four or five inches yesterday? That was my dad's professional assessment. He did he consult with Cantori or no? I have no clue. Maybe he's never been wrong though. Your dad's never been wrong. Nope. So the two of you have got that going for each other, huh? Rarely uncertain. Well, um, so yeah, it rained almost none here at the golf course, but lightning in the area, which forced the postponement of play yesterday, pushed everything back a little bit. Don't know, uh, in fact, probably not going to get finished with the uh, entire second round today. So they'll have to finish up the second round tomorrow, make the cut, get the golf course ready, and then have uh, some good golf for the weekend. But the weather forecast looks really good for the weekend. We are glad to be with you this afternoon. Um, Borky, you, you ask a question, is this college football at its dumbest or college football at its best? Take me down this road. A local grocery store, there's a couple of locations outside of Athens, has decided for this week to remove Irish Spring Body Wash. I've never had it. I don't know if it's good or not, but remove it from their shelves and replace it with a sign that just says, Go Dogs on it. Is that Petty and dumb, or is that what we love about college football? Well, first off, Irish Spring is very refreshing. It smells good. I'm a fan. I don't understand this. This has nothing to do with anything. Georgia's playing they're Notre Dame. Play, they're playing Notre Dame. I caught that part, but like... Well, then what, what exactly is it that you don't get? It's a soap. What do you mean? It's Irish. The name of the soap is Irish Spring. Right. They're playing the Irish, and so some grocery store thought it would be witty... To say, hey, we're going to take the it's very Irish Are you off have the like shelves this week. Rippy, it's McElroy a dartboard. I don't understand. This. It's this a fan base that barks oh, at people in public. I mean, it's what they do. Hold on a second. How can? What do you mean you don't understand this? Like you can think it's dumb. That's fine. But to say it literally just because it has the word Irish. Yes, that's exactly that's the point. Yes. The point. yes. How, do, how do you? How are you not connecting the two dots on that? <laughs> because it has absolutely nothing to do with Notre Dame. I connected the dots, but it that doesn't mean it's not. A but, but again, that's you saying this is dumb, not you saying I don't get it. You can't not get it. I bet there's some other word of Irish. I don't. They're boring. So, okay. It's not the same mascot. Like it's not. In, it's not the same anything. It has nothing. This to do. is like when you argue with Hey Dad over something where you're just a hundred percent. You're like you're just wrong, Hey Dad. You no, can't even argue wrong. that. I'm saying I, this makes no sense to me. This is stupid. Okay, you, okay, there we. Thank you. That was a breakthrough. We had. There a, we go. This is. I feel stupid. like we had a breakthrough. There. Altogether good. I don't understand. Not good. You understood, but still not really. No, I disagree. I don't understand why you would do this. Okay, that's we're, we're on the same page. So, Borky, your original question, is this ridiculous or is this why we love college football? Um, I mean, yes, it's ridiculous and petty and petulant, but did you did you mention the name of the grocery store? I, I did not say the name of the grocery store. Did Dills you do that intentionally? Food City. 
Well, there you go. Now they just got a free plug in Mississippi, and maybe that's the reason they do it. Well, you, there's you do something locations silly to in, have people talk about you. Yeah, it's Royston and Livonia, Georgia, so I don't think they're really going to benefit from us reading their name on the air, but you never know. We're, yeah, but those, we're worldwide, man. I mean, it, isn't it ultimately all about whether or not those dogs fans hear about this and loving you? Yeah, oh, I love that, man. I'm going to go shop with them. That's kind of. I don't have an issue with this. I think it's what makes college football great. It's you, it's, it's it's silly, but it's it's the good kind of silly. It's not like they they if they had somebody come in with a Notre Dame shirt on, they were like, "Hey, we're not going to serve you here." That's too far. This is silly but fun. Fair enough. Um, what 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 else falls into this category? Um, the very lame. Rivalry talk where Matt Insaw said he wasn't going to spend money on the Starkville economy. Yeah. That's pretty sick. Now, um, now, that goes both ways, right, with Ole Miss fans and Mississippi State fans, because I've heard the whole, I refuse to spend money in Octibaha County. I'll pack a lunch and take it with me, or we'll stop right outside the county line. We'll make sure we stop in Eupora instead of stopping to spend money in that place. I'm sure there are Mississippi State fans that do the exact same thing. Absolutely. We're not going to spend any money in Lafayette. We're going to be sure and hit that gas station right there at the Pontotoc line. They're missing out on Gus's Fried Chicken every time they do that. Calhoun County line. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, like, I, all equally lame. Like, I, I know people that are, I mean, we're talking like multiple degrees. Yeah. Educated, successful. Not spending money there. Not going to do anything to help that economy. But there are it people is. that refuse to go to the towns because they're afraid like their bodies are going to melt or they're going to spontaneously combust because wearing a maroon shirt in Oxford is going to lead to your ultimate demise. That is the most bizarre part of all of this. I have a very strict and hard rule about that, and that is if you are a state fan or you're an Ole Miss fan and you don't go to the Egg Bowl in the other's town at least one time, not a real fan. Not a real fan. I'll die on that hill. Yeah, fair enough. I think fewer and fewer. Well, I mean, fewer visiting fans are traveling, regardless, and people have gotten frustrated with. In your angle. life, you should go to the, the other team's school once. Oh yeah, I'm gonna I, I stand by that. And maybe yeah, with fine. an open mind, because you can actually have. But fun. now you're going too far. Now you've gone way too I far. Mean, I, I've open been mind. to some egg bowls, and it's like you know what? Nobody's killing each other here. It's actually just a regular old college football game. Believe it or not, it's not. Near as bad Didn't as somebody claim that they get like shot at or something yeah. in Oxford. Come on, I'm sure it's been yeah both ways on that. But yeah, one time I was in Oxford and Richard Cross tried to shank me. It happened. Wait, did, you are Richard it? Cross. Never mind. Wait, did I actually? No. Oh, <laughs> didn't know it was the case or not. It'd be a great story though. Um, you want to be a part of the conversation, Ceasefire text line is open to you, 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395, Ceasefire, customer-inspired Richard and Wiggins, my boy got beaten down with a cowbell, seems like a tough way to get beaten down, uh, yeah, I was one of the five there for Houston Nuts last year in Starkville for the, uh, the Egg Bowl, uh, Tusk wants to know when... People are going to start burning live oaks. <laughs> that's the, that's the, um, yes, that is certainly uh, a different level of rivalry as well, right? Yeah. Altogether uh, different. Uh, so thanks for uh, your comments on the C Spire text line. I agree with Hey Dad, I love State, but Starkville stinks. 
Oh, I wouldn't say that. Like physically? Wait, was that agreeing with you? Did you say something? I didn't that? say Starkville. I didn't say Starkville sucks. Yeah. Um, I love Starkville. I'm enjoying. I enjoy living there. I, I have a message from uh, someone that that tells me it's not for broadcast. <laughs> So, so, so for sure, say it then. Well, I, w- I won't tie then. He said the whole not spending money in the other town is disappointing to see, especially among my supposed enlightened extended family. I think there are lots of people that uh, that fall into that category. It's like, <laughs> what, what, do, what do you mean? What do you mean you're not going to spend money? So, I mean, if you run out of gas, what, are you just going to push it over to the county line? It's like you, you call a cab and go to the next county and buy a gas can or something. I, I don't know how. Um, hey, Dad, you remember that time you had to take me to the phone store because my family fried my phone yes the yes game. Yeah. brian scott rippy spent money in starkville news at 11 i think that guy may have fixed my phone for free oh well then never mind i, 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 I think i think i, I know the answer to this but but i will ask it anyway sure do more mississippi state fans live in oxford or Ole miss fans live in starkville that's a good question um, I, I don't even I, think it's I, close living in starkville i see an Ole miss tag shirt something every day are there a lot of state fans in Oxford? Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's there's Ole Miss fans in Starville. I promise. Yeah. No, that's I, mean, why I, I believe. I it. always make the same comment about like people who say Ohio State and Michigan is the biggest rivalry. Like, if you live in a city in Michigan, how many Ohio State fans do you really see? Whereas I live in Starkville, in Starkville, and I see Ole Miss fans every day. I saw. All there's one who lives of- in my neighborhood. He's dressed right, right down the road with a big Ole Miss flag out on the. Out on the uh, I saw all close. kinds of Big Ten people in Cincinnati. Like it was Indiana, it was Michigan, it was Ohio State. Just kind of a melting Some pot. Michigan State, yeah. yeah. They have more big um, cities up there, so it's more of a combination. Whereas here in the SEC country, for the most part, every state's kind of filled with just people from the college in that state. Well, and unless you get to the big cities, I mean, when you when when you're talking about Nashville. It's a melting pot of SEC schools and others, and Atlanta is the exact same way. But, yeah, good point. Birmingham is becoming like that as well. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. More coming up in the Renaissance Bank studio when we continue from the Sanderson Farms Championship. Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming online. Super Talk. Sorry, I feel like I started talking too soon. You would talk over that. I wasn't trying to. I just didn't. I don't. What's the buildup? What do they do there, man? They do it every now and then. Okay. We're live from the Sanderson Farms Championship. Golf going on behind us, directly behind us. And uh, second round action happening here at the Country Club of Jackson. On Friday afternoons, we visit with our guys, Will East and Stephen Gagliano. As we get you set for another weekend of high school football, Stephen will join us a little bit later on. We've got uh, Will right now, Will East, getting set for the preview show and also for the uh, high school scoreboard show a little bit later tonight as well. Will, what is up? Week five rolling out right now. It's a weird, weird night out there uh, because you got a lot of teams. Do what? Full moon. Full moon. I don't know if it's a full moon or not, but usually that indicates something weird's going to happen, and it's probably what we're going to see tonight because a lot of teams are playing out-of-state foes. Uh, you've got a bunch of Louisiana teams over here. You got some Alabama teams over here. You got some of our guys over there. 
playing each other. You've got a lot of teams that are taking the night off, and it's the week before regional play kicks in for 6A and 5A. And it seems like tonight is ripe for night of weirdness across the land. It just seems like something strange is going to happen out there. We're probably going to have one of those nights where some kid throws for a 1,000 yards or something, or some kid has a million tackles. It's just one of those nights where you're going to have something weird go on. Okay, what games do we need to be watching for that well, are candidates for weirdness? Uh, I think the uh, the biggest game of the night is one of those out-of-state matchups. I think it's Oak Grove, the Warriors of Oak Grove, who are undefeated so far this year, hosting Archbishop Rummel out of Nolens. Uh They're also undefeated. They're a powerhouse down there, and they have a really good defense. They've only given up three points the entire season. Oak Grove, on the other hand, a lot of offense. Uh, I think they had a receiver last week, Brandon Hayes. He had something like 220 yards and four touchdowns on just eight catches. Uh, I did the math, in case you were wondering, and that is 55 yards <laughs> per catch. I like it. I'm glad you were uh, thinking ahead. 55 yards per catch. Yes, if you do that twice, I mean, you're, you're already having a great night. He did it. He had eight, <laughs> eight catches. 220 yards and four touchdowns. That's crazy. What about this matchup with West Point and Knoxville County? Anything to uh, to worry about as we look at that? It feels like West Point's kind of hitting their stride now, right? So, speaking of weird, West Point's season so far. They have played yep. four games. They have won three of those games. Their three wins have been against 6A teams. Number one, the fact that a 5A team schedule, any 5A team, schedules 6A teams like that. They've played and beat Starkville. They've played and beat defending 6A state champ Horn Lake. They played and blew out Tupelo. Their one loss was against Louisville, a 4A school. So that's kind of strange in itself. And Louisville opened the season with a loss against Knoxville County. So, kind of transitive property there, maybe. But uh, this is this is one of those games that you you expect to see in that area of the state. You know, a strong running game for both teams, strong defensive lines for both teams. Uh, that's kind of that, that's why these games are so fun when you see a Knoxby County taking on a uh, West Point Green Wave. They're just good old school football. For for a lot of reasons, we probably talk more about what's happening in 5A and in 6A than we do some of the smaller classifications. But I'm kind of looking at a list of games right now, and I'm thinking North Mississippi and some smaller schools and Yellowbush County and Calhoun County, Water Valley at Calhoun City tonight. I have played, uh, I mean, it's been obviously a long time, but I played a couple of high school games on that field at Calhoun City. I played a junior high game on that field at Calhoun City. Kind of sits down in a hole. It's one of those. The boneyard. You, yeah, it's it's one of those, Will, where you get that, that prototypical, the grill smoke kind of hangs over the field and just a really cool environment. That's a good matchup. That is a good matchup. And uh, I think Water Valley's the only undefeated defending state champ. They're the Of all the defending state champs to come back for 2019, they're the only one that's undefeated, which is kind of indicative of the season that we've had so far. It's been kind of unexpected. Calhoun City, on the other hand, the thing you, year in, year out with Calhoun City is they run the ball. They run it a lot. They, they might throw it once. I remember last year they had maybe a game where they didn't even attempt to pass. Uh, that's Calhoun City football. They'll put up you know 300 yards of rushing on you any given night. That's just it. And when they're playing at home at the Boneyard, 
it's 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 even harder to to do anything against uh, against that team, uh, and it's hard to stop them. Uh, this is this this is going to be a maybe a playoff preview. Uh, just kind of looking at things. I think last year they met up twice, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it, 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 this is what again, kind of like Knoxby County West Point, just an old school type, run the ball right down your throat type matchup. What's coming up tonight uh, when we wrap things up here at uh, the Sanderson Farms Championship with the preview show, kind of looking into uh, Week Five? We're gonna, since it is kind of a weird night and a lot of teams are off tonight, we're gonna look back at some of the numbers from some of these young players out there. There have been some eye-popping stats out there. Uh, Jimmy Holiday of Madison Central is having a special year. I mean, the last week against Pearl, the number two team in the state, he had five touchdowns, 400 total yards of offense. And then on the other side, you had uh, Kenyatta Harrell, the running back for Pearl. He had 220 yards and a losing effort. He is now the fourth leading rusher in the nation. Again, they lost that game. It's it's rare that you you know you eventually have to start airing it out, but they just kept giving the ball to him. Uh, so we're going to talk about some of these numbers that we've seen from some of these young players out there this this year. It's this year's been so great. From the, we've had great matchups. We've had number one versus number two matchups. We've had great games. We've had thrilling endings. I don't think I've ever seen a year where we've had more overtime games than this year so far. What is it? Two times or three team uh, times this year we've already had number one versus number two involving Madison Central. I think it's three. Uh, we've I think had, it's three. Yeah, three overall. Number one versus number two. Uh, games so far this year so we, we look back to to last week some of the big games that we were talking about madison central was impressive and uh, was kind of led by jimmy holiday in that uh, that ball game got to see him uh, earlier this week he was named the uh, jackson touchdown club player of the week for a, uh, a big performance last week uh, oxford won against uh, lafayette last week and and did so in pretty convincing fashion uh, you know, we talked about some of those big games that were happening last week, and you mentioned a second ago with uh, with West Point getting the uh, the win as well. Yep, yeah, a, a big blowout win over Tupelo. But next week is where things get crazy because it's a it's a whole brand new season because you have a regional play start, and those are the games that really count. Uh, so that's why you have a lot of teams taking bye weeks. Again, it's kind of rare that we do that, but for some reason they worked it into the schedule this year. There are a bunch that are like that too. Yeah, it's uh, we've got. Gosh, I don't. I can't count the number of uh, teams that are off this week. But some of the teams that we do have playing that we'll we'll learn more about next week when regional play kicks in. Teams like South Panola. You know, nobody's really talking about South Panola right now, but they're four and zero, kind of quietly on the year. They'll play Startville at Startville next week. That's going to be a fun matchup right there, and that's something we're going to talk about on the preview show. Is kind of the resurgence of South Panola. Are they back? to the South Panola that we remember, that University of South Panola that won all those championships. I don't think quite yet, but they're 4-0. They're looking pretty good so far. Yeah, it's funny you, you mentioned that. I was talking with a buddy of mine last week about Oxford after their win. He said, you know, they very well could and likely will win their division there in, in Region 1. But that could mean a round one playoff matchup with a team like South Panola that you're just not used to seeing that type of a team in the first round of the playoffs, but that's very well what you could be dealing with 
And it's what you deal a lot with in the Jackson Metro area with some pretty darn good opponents in the uh, the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, when they moved South Panola to Region 2, I mean, it just made it even better because if you think about Region 2, you've got Startville, you've got Warren Central, who's always tough, you've got Clinton, then you've got Madison Central. Now you add South Panola in the mix. Uh, and then uh, some of the other teams kind of in this area, you've got Region 3, you've got Brandon, you've got Pearl. Uh, you know, it's that's... Those two regions, year in, year out, typically are the, the toughest pound for pound, even though they're, they're the largest classification. They're the toughest in the state. Uh, and the fact that you just add South Panola in there with all those other teams, and South Panola seems like they're on an upswing now, uh, it just makes it so much better. Well, great stuff. Scoreboard show coming up tonight. Get started at 10, rolls until 11.30. And even though it is a little bit different week, we will have you covered from north to south, east to west with all the scores and uh, certainly reaction to a bunch of the games tonight in Mississippi. That's right. And you can also go to supertalk.fm slash high school and listen to games. You can also go to supertalk.fm slash scores where we have a live scoreboard for you throughout the night. Thank you, my friend. Yes, sir. Will East, you've got the Mississippi High School preview show coming up immediately after we get finished here, about an hour and a half from right now on Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll take a timeout back after this in the Renaissance Bank studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. They're messing with you. It's from a movie. It's not LSU. That's what he said. He said LSU, and we said no. We're not messing with him. We're telling him the truth. What's it from? Drumline, is it? Drumline. Great guilty pleasure movie of mine. Uh, from Ben, Delta State has its annual barbecue fest pig picking this weekend. Delta State, 1-1 one one on the year, playing Florida Tech, who is 2-0. That is a 6 o'clock game tomorrow night. It's on ESPN3 if you want to watch it. Delta State's defense has forced five turnovers through the first two games. Florida Tech is good. And the game should be close. They are expecting a crowd of somewhere between eight and 10,000 tomorrow night in Cleveland. Ben wraps it up by saying, go Statesman. Good I'm with that. you. Huh? What's the deal with that the, what is the deal with the Okra Statesman thing? Like, what did they decide? Well, they are officially the Delta State Statesman, but fighting Okra is kind of like a... Uh, yeah, I mean, they just kind of stuck with that for nostalgia's sake. Fair enough. I guess. <laughs> then they had a whole case of Irish Spring. <laughs> go, go figure a mascot indecision deal in the state of Mississippi. Yeah. It's not even indecision. They've been the okra forever. I know. They stuck with it. Well, they've been. Unlike some people. Yeah. Uh, I can't do mascots today. Sorry. Uh, th- I'm perfectly fine with that. We, we have. I had somebody well actually with me on our podcast today. I said, if Ole Miss wanted to fix its mascot situation, I brought up the real shark idea, and this guy said, you can't put sharks in an aquarium. Why? Great whites don't last in, last in captivity. But you can put another so kind of shark. So don't put a great white there in are the other aquarium sharks. there, well, actually, guy. I don't know if he knows or not, but that's not the only species. 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 It's a hard word to species, say. Species, man. Well, I mean, I wasn't. Ar- She's laughing at me. It's a hard word to say. I wasn't going to argue with shark guy on the internet. Why not? I just let it have. You moment. love arguing with people on the internet. No, I like making fun of people. I don't like necessarily arguing with yeah. them, but well, you just want to get the zinger in. You don't want to have the, the debate. Sometimes it's one and the same. Hey, Borky. Yes, sir. 
What do you say we do some questions? Yeah, we'll start with Mississippi State. The Bulldogs absolutely have to do what if they Hold want on to Hold on, you got to be excited about it. This is your thing. you got to be excited about this if we're going to do it. I need energy. The Bulldogs have to do this. Like big announcer voice. Like, like the, the, the yeah, NASCAR. I, I don't Sunday, really have one of those. Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> I can do minor uh, league baseball. Uh, the Bulldogs absolutely have to do what if they want to beat Kentucky tomorrow? They have to have a healthy Tommy Stevens. That's the key. Uh, Kentucky is not a good pass defense. Uh, Stevens is out there and can give them what he was showing before he got hurt uh, two Saturdays ago. I think State will be fine offensively. Uh, they have to be have to have him in the passing game, and they need to be aggressive, take some shots deep early, and try to loosen up that Kentucky defense. I think I agree with everything you said there. Um, I made it. I made it, Mama. Uh, Bulldogs absolutely have to. I'm going deaf when Hey Dad gets excited. I can't hold it in anymore. <laughs> we'll fix it here in just a second. Sorry. That was a. <laughs> I, I, I'm all for Hey Dad getting excited. I just don't need it to be at the expense of my hearing. So now we're good. Volume level's good. Go ahead, Hey Dad. Woo! Glad we, uh, glad we got that fixed. All right. I don't think they can, uh, can let Kentucky go crazy in the passing game. No, you're right. Yeah. I mean, and you think Kentucky's offense is going to look different than what you would Oh, wait. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I can use that one for the absolutely cannot. Okay. Absolutely have to have a big day out of Kylan Hill. I think what you said and what I said go hand in hand. Yeah, they kind of do. Yeah. I mean, a big day from Tommy Stevens probably Lend, opens lends things itself up to a for, big day uh, for, Kylan. for Kylan Hill. Agreed as well. How's uh, playing Lee Autry and Willie Gay in this game? Ooh, that's good. And Marcus Murphy too. You're saying the Bulldogs absolutely have to play play their Lee Autry players. and Willie Gay in this game in order to win. They, they need to play their starters. And, well done, Borky. And get Cam Dantzler back as well. John and Meridian says win on special teams, which I know was a big thing last week. It's, he's not wrong. Turning the page, what can they not do? They can't let Kentucky go crazy throwing the football. <laughs> he said, my mind's sort of similar to that. Last year up in Lexington, Kentucky punched MSU right in the mouth and, and basically beat them up for four quarters. Uh, so what Mississippi State cannot do is let Kentucky take the game to them. They have to Benny be Benny Snell went for 165 yeah. and four touchdowns and said, last year. said on Twitter, I'm going to do that, and then did it. Which is kind of a boss move. It's a, it's a total boss move, and that cannot happen this time around. State has to and, be and, the aggressor. And, and Mississippi State had 46 yards rushing. Oh, it was awful. And had 170-some-odd yards on penalties. Aside from that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was, it was the play? The, the play was fantastic. Uh, yeah, so State has to be the aggressor on Saturday. They need to come out and, and be the team that's doing the punching. They don't need to play read and react. They need to get after Kentucky on both sides of the ball. Borky, State absolutely cannot what? Uh, I was deciding between two. Turn the football over, but that's a little bit obvious. How about allow the crowd and the atmosphere to dictate their energy level? Uh, even though it's it's later than 11 o'clock that you had last week and the temperature should be a little bit warmer, uh, based on people that I talk to, like my neighbor down the street specifically who's a Mississippi State fan, choosing to stay home this weekend, if the crowd's not good, you have to bring energy somehow anyway. Bring your own in case the crowd is not doing that for you because they didn't do it last week. Way to rip off Dabo there, South Carolina guy. <laughs> bring your own guts. Yeah, isn't that what he said? Wouldn't it be yeah. Yeah, BYOG, bring your own guts? Bring your uh, your own guts. Turning the I page. I bring mine everywhere I go. Yeah, I think we all do in one way or another. 
Some guy said State will have to absolutely know how to correctly counter an ankle lock. <laughs> you got to roll through on that. You roll through, and then you got You can reverse it. Hey, Josh seriously though, if you're Joe Moorhead, good. you have somebody on your staff watching that dude, and you yeah. get in the official's ear anytime he does anything questionable. You are riding the official, and you're watching him closely to try to get something I can't like believe that he's called. He's not suspended. Yeah. Yeah, and he, I, that blows my mind. I saw an article yesterday from Kentucky 24-7. He is playing in this game. So, How about okay. that? Okay, uh, Ole Miss absolutely has to do what if they want to beat Cal tomorrow? 175-ish yards rushing, maybe more. Ooh, that's a lot. Ooh. But 100 from Scotty Phillips, and then the other 75 come from Snoop Connor and Jerry and Ely. I think 175 gets it done. If you run the ball 68, 69% of the time like they have been doing, is it really that unreasonable to ask? Because if you run it that much and you don't get that much yardage, you're probably screwed. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. So 80 plays of offense, 45, 50 rush attempts? And how, what, that's... But they're not going to get to 80 plays in this game, are they? I wouldn't think so. I was thinking seventy plays, forty attempts, and then forty times four point five yards a carry gets you to the. Look at that math! You did it. One seventy yards a carry. I didn't even use a calculator over my fingers. Forty times four point five. Is that what you're going with? Yeah. Okay. One seventy-ish range. One seventy-ish. I'm, I'm going to look it up. Close enough. I'll do it. Are, are you really going to pull a calculator out? A calculator out and do the math? Carry the one. I can't do it in my head. There you go. 180, even. Okay. Yeah. Richard. I can get on board with that number. Um, Ole Miss to win tomorrow absolutely has to protect the football. Now you, what? You stole my other one. <laughs> I told you they took away their can't do. Yeah. Yeah, you can manipulate this little exercise if you uh, if you're a good wordsmith. Uh, I, they just gotta they've got to be good in the turnover game because if you give it away and it leads to scores, whether it's you know a, an automatic score on a pick six or a scoop and score. Or it's a short field where you give up points. I just think – I don't think Cal's offense, based on what we've seen so far this season, is built for 11-play, 75-yard drives. And I think Ole Miss's defense is good enough to, to, to prevent that as well, I think, given that Cal has not done a great job of throwing the football. But if they've only got to go – 30 yards in four or five plays, that's a different deal. And so Ole Miss has got to protect the ball. Fair enough. Uh, both of mine were in the same wheelhouse as yours. Ole Miss, their rushing stats look really good, but most of that is because they're very good at explosive running play. So continue that trend and they'll be fine. Uh, most of the time, they've actually been kind of shut down on the ground with the exception of the occasional explosive play. So uh, take advantage of those when they can. And then Matt Corral has to play under control. Don't force anything because you don't have to. Your defense isn't going to give a whole lot of points up to that Cal offense on Saturday. So don't force anything. Uh, Don't try to make some hero play. Just play within yourself and under control, and the game will take care of itself. And flipping the page, what can they not do? I was initially going to say turn the ball over more than once. Uh, As Richard was looking at my copious notes over here, uh, (laughs) you know, 
Cal wins this game because Ole Miss gives them a short field. The pedestrian offense is capitalized. A couple short field touchdowns, then Ole Miss loses 20-14, to 14, something like that. That would be the, kind of the blueprint for how they lose. I think they could probably survive one turnover, multiple turnovers, particularly when and where they come. I don't necessarily think so. I guess on top of that is be better against the run between the tackles because if you allow Christopher Brown and Marcel Dancy to have success there, then Cal's offense, like if Cal sustains two or two, you know, 70 plus yard drives, as Richard said, that they probably can't, Ole Miss is probably in trouble. You just used more words in 30 seconds than you've used in the entire week. Did you count? Hey, Dad, what is that calculator? You say? went like, <laughs> <laughs> motor mouth there. Okay. Uh, here, here's my Ole Miss can't. Ole Miss absolutely cannot allow itself to believe that kicking this game off at 11 a.m. matters a hill of beans, whether it's 9 o'clock on the West Coast or not. Just remind him it's hot. That should work. Yeah. Hey, you guys know it's hot and humid, right? Sports Talk Mississippi with you from the Sanderson Farms Championship. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey, Michael Borky. More coming up after this. Jason sends a message on Twitter and he tagged Will East in it. And it's just a great big pile of snakes slithering on top of each other. And my, I am genuinely curious as to whether or not Will still is breathing. Is Will afraid of snakes? Deathly. Oh, is he? Okay. Deathly afraid Have, of snakes. We've all got our fears. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, pictures, books. Okay. Actual. Yeah, well, that's the worst one. Yeah. All, all of them uh, not good okay. for uh, for our good friend Willie. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Glad to have you along on this Friday afternoon from the Sanderson Farms Championship. Rolling into the 5 o'clock hour. College football fix is coming up, but uh, always fun to tell you. Welcome to the weekend. Big weekend in the college football landscape here in the state of Mississippi. Sports Talk brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank. Online, mslandbank.com, Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. If you've got land financing needs of any kind, Mississippi Land Bank can help. They've been financing and refinancing land for over 100 years. You can check them out on the website, mslandbank.com. Find a branch location near you, grab that phone number, and give them a call. Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. Time right now for the College Football Fix. College Football Fix, driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com. Find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can stop by your local Mississippi Ford dealer and Check out the promotion on the F-150, the leather and liner promotion. Complimentary upgrade on a 2019 year-end XLT model. That's only at your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Test drive one today. Time to make our picks for the week. The picks that we make each week are brought to you by the Pearl River Resort Golden Moon Casino. Don't forget the sports book at Timeout Lounge when you take a trip. Well, you can uh, think about planning a weekend getaway. Great restaurants, great golf, great casino action, and the sports book at Time Out Lounge. Borky, walk us through picks. These lines are as of this morning. There has been some late movement on a few, but for all intents and purposes, this is what we uh, locked in this morning. Southern Miss will start there, a 38-and-a-half point underdog in Tuscaloosa. 
Oh, I'm going first. I'll take the Eagles and uh, and take the points. And take the points. Yeah. 42-7, something like that. Okay. Southern. You like Southern and the points. What about you, Borky? Yeah, I I like that as well. It just it seems like 42 to 7 is a perfect score for what that game could possibly be yeah. and uh, 38 is just a lot of points. Regardless of what I was thinking, I will now fade the friends. The okay. friends on Sports Talk Mississippi given the fact that uh, all three we're not going 4 for 4 on that one. I'll uh, I'll lay that big number. And uh, we'll see what happens with Alabama and Southern Miss tomorrow. Speaking of big numbers and one that hasn't really moved at all, LSU 24-point favorite on the road, technically, at Vanderbilt. Go Tiger. LSU minus 24. I will lay that number and not hesitate. Yeah, with you. This is blowout city. I mean, LSU's just too good basically everywhere. There's no way that I see Vanderbilt scoring in this game. I'm talking like 35-3 to final. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. If Vanderbilt gets more, gets more than 10 points, I'd be really surprised. And LSU will definitely get into the 40s. Yeah. So give me the Tigers and I'll give the points. I feel like a 45-17-ish. Yeah. Ooh, 17 is a lot for Vandy. Yeah. I mean, it might be, that might be too many. What about you? LSU. Okay. Another line that, even without Felipe Franks, seems kind of low considering Tennessee and the way they started. 14-point underdog going to Gainesville this weekend. I'm taking the Gators, and it's. It, I feel like there've been a lot. There's been a lot of public sentiment. Oh, that's too many points. Tennessee's going to keep it close. Blah blah. What a a single win by Tennessee against Chattanooga did to the perception of Tennessee after what we watched the first two weeks. I'm not in love with Florida. I don't think it's a great football team, but I think they're a much better than two touchdown at home against Tennessee football team. I'll lay the 14 and go with the Gators. Yeah, I'm with you on that. The, the Tennessee is not good. They're just not good. This is their first road game of the season. I don't expect them to be competitive at all. I would. I, I think Florida might actually really run away with this one. Disagree. Florida hasn't looked particularly great, in my opinion. I think Tennessee probably puts together one of their better games. Give me Tennessee. Okay. I'm going so you, with the uh, Vols as well. Kyle Trask, as I said, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, will make his first start in seven years. By the way, I figured out who he sat behind in high school. Houston's starting quarterback is who... Uh, he couldn't beat out in high school, so that first start. Pretty good. Yeah, he's the an athlete, King. man. Uh, it's justified why he didn't play in high school, but yeah, first start in seven years, sloppy early. Florida probably still wins the game, but I'll take fourteen points with a quarterback that has not played in the better part of a decade. Okay, you uh, say so. Auburn three and a half point underdog in College Station. You guys know how I feel about this. I, I don't believe in Auburn at all. I think A&M will win this game by at least a touchdown, so I will take the Aggies. I like A&M at home. It's a tough environment. First road start for a Bo Nix, 2.30 kickoff, game one of a doubleheader tomorrow on CBS. I, I like the Aggies uh, laying the three and a half. Rippy? Oh, Auburn outright. Straight up? Yes. Wrong team favored? Yes. I'll take, line. I will take uh, A&M even minus the three and a half just because I feel like uh, Auburn is still going to struggle to score. Bo Nix, despite beating Oregon, uh, has not really been all that great, and understandably so. He's a true freshman, so I'll take the home team even with the points. Fair enough. South Carolina. Sticking the heads, SEC? Say that again? I said, are we sticking in the SEC? 
Yeah, we're sticking in the SEC. South Carolina heading to Missouri West as nine and a half point underdogs. Hmm. I'll let you guys go first on this one. Missouri. You like Missouri laying the nine and a half? Yep. Okay. I'm taking South Carolina. I think the uh, even though the Wyoming game may be an anomaly, they gave up 300 yards on the ground. South Carolina has a dynamic duo of running backs, and I will take nine and a half points on the road with those two guys. If you can't stop Wyoming, you're not stopping Rico Daddle and Tavian Feaster. Yeah, they have a, di- a dynamic duo of running backs against Charleston Southern. <laughs> Let's see what they do against a real team. I'll take Missouri. Did you Give watch the, the Alabama Ooh. game? I, I, it doesn't matter. I'm just telling you right now, Missouri wins this game by 10+. plus. He, it was like Borky was trying to bring you over to his side with him. He, fa- he failed. Uh, sorry, Borky. Going to leave you out on that island all by yourself. I think I like Missouri minus the 9.5 as well. I see what Borky's saying, though. The Helensky kid can play, but I feel like that's a game that's probably close and Missouri pulls away a little bit late. But South Carolina, the quarterback can play and the running backs are good. Would, uh, let me ask you South this. South Carolina changed my opinion of them somewhat by the way the quarterback uh, Helensky played last week. Would you be shocked if South Carolina won this game? Surprise, not shocked. Shocked. That's fair enough. I would not be shocked. They looked okay last week. Yeah. Cost themselves points at the end of the half to make that game really interesting as well against Alabama. I uh, I don't know. Uh, moving forward, in a game that probably 100,000 people or fewer will watch because it's on at the same time as Georgia and Notre Dame, Arkansas, 20.5-point favorites hosting San Jose State. Nobody cares, but it's still a game that's being played. Pig suey. Razorbacks. I'll take the I'll take Arkansas. They, they beat Colorado State by more than 20. So, yeah, let's go with that. Yes, with three fourth-quarter touchdowns. They were tied at 34. They were. I, I, I had going the into the fourth I had the quarter. game on. I was like, is something going to happen here? And it didn't. Where are you, where are you on this one, Rippy? Uh, Arkansas, I don't really know why. I think San Jose State is terrible. Yeah. It's got a cool logo. This is not Mike McIntyre, San Jose State. They do that. They got good colors. That kind of royalish blue. Yeah. Where are you on this one, boy? Iconic logo. You got to take Arkansas, even though I'm not going to watch one second of it, not even the highlights after the game. Just could not care any less about a football game than I do this one. Uh, Notre Dame, 14.5-point underdogs as a top-10 team going to Athens. Notre Dame. It's a big number, isn't because it? Because both Sharp said so. So my logic here, just like I said on the podcast, because two people smarter than me said it. Well, I'm not very smart. Uh, as a practicing Catholic, I'm going to go against the church on this one. I'll tell you, Georgia. They burned you last week. I, 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 Georgia's going to win this one. The Georgia burned us all last week. I wasn't alone on that island. Has what? this really gotten to 14 Georgia. and a no, half? No, I'm talking about the Sharps burned you last week. Oh, yeah. yeah. With Kansas State. Yeah. They sure what well, they did, didn't they? And they both like Notre Dame. I'm telling you. You know what I like? Glory, glory to old Georgia. Richard wants oh. to hunker down. That might be a sharp before it's all said and done. Caught that on the first note. Did you? Notre Dame and a half. I'll lay the points. I will too. Even though I'm not, I don't feel really good about it. Notre Dame's defense, though, did not inspire much confidence the way they have played so far this year, especially at Louisville. Uh, so I'm going to go Georgia just because of that. But 14.5 is pretty big, and Notre Dame can score. I mean, it's Brian Kelly's not a bad football coach, but he didn't have a track record of winning these kind of big games. 
We'll look at uh, the Ole Miss Cal game and the Mississippi State-Kentucky game to wrap up our sportsbook at Timeout Lounge. Pearl River Resort picks after this in the Renaissance Bank Studio. Porky, is that Sonic Boom doing Inspector Gadget? Yes, it is. How about that? Big time. I'm kind of impressed that I got that, actually. You did good. They have a very distinct sound. Yeah, that. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I, I mean, don't think it's the the band that you were impressed. That you, it's the song. No, I mean, I. Well, yeah, I guess. But. Yeah. Anyway, hey, uh, Cardinals have beaten the Cubs two to one. I, I saw a Cubs fan tweet just a moment ago the slow, painful death rattle of the Chicago Cubs 2019 season continues. Lost today, lost again, they lost last night. They're really good at home, really bad on the road, and that does not bode well for the five remaining games. Three? You talking about the Cubs? Yeah. They were at home today. I know. I said they're really good at home, really bad on the road. That does not bode well for the three remaining games in St. Louis after the four this weekend. Yeah. They probably lost the division today, to be completely honest. Well, I mean, isn't there an argument to be made they lost it a few weeks ago? I don't know. You win today, you're two back. Yeah, if they win... Yesterday and today, they're only one back. I mean, if my aunt was anatomically different, she'd be my uncle. But today felt like a very much a swing game. If you win, it's two games. If you lose, it's four with like 12 to play. Yes. Or 10 to play. Borky, we need to finish up our picks, don't we? Yeah, we do. And uh, Cal Ole Miss has actually moved to half a point since this morning. So this morning it was two and a half. Now it's up to three. Ole Miss is the favorite. You got to buy that half a point back, don't you? Can you buy a point when it's a round number, or can you only? Or, I mean, can you buy half a point when it's a round number, or only when it's there's a hook already hanging out there? Rippy, I'm talking to you. What do you mean? I mean, if it's a round number like three or four, can you buy it down or up half a point? Or yeah. okay, yeah, you can do whatever you want. It's free country. Just didn't know what kind of rules were in place. Uh, so three, Ole Miss as a three-point favorite at home against Cal. I have no idea. Cal, I'll, I know what I'm getting with Cal. Don't know what I'm getting with Ole Miss. I wouldn't be shocked if Ole Miss won the game, but if you're putting a gun to my head and I have to pick, I'm probably picking Cal. If I tell you that I got no idea one way or the other, I might as well just go with Ole Miss because why not? Okay. Um, lay in the three. Win by a field goal and push, that seems like it would be a win. Yeah. I'll take Cal to, to win outright. I think, I think defensively they're better than Ole Miss is. Okay. Borky, what are you doing on this one? Uh, going back and forth, I think I, I will take Ole Miss in an ugly low-scoring game like 14-10. to 10. Simply put, Ole Miss actually does have dynamic playmakers on offense. Cal does not have dynamic playmakers on offense, and they're banged up on the offensive line. Three guys are game-time decisions. One may be out for a long time, but Justin Wilcox doesn't give you anything. They may be without their running back. No explosive players on offense whatsoever. Nothing that scares you, so really low-scoring game. Ole Miss has Phillips and Elijah Moore, guys that can make plays in space and stretch a defense. That'll be the difference in this game. Ugly, low-scoring not much offense, but one offense actually does have guys that can make plays. The other simply does not. I think Ole Miss wins if they don't turn the ball over a single time offensively. Like I said earlier, they could maybe do it one time and survive, but I'm just not sure if I believe they can do that in the passing game. 
Again, wouldn't stun me if Ole Miss won, but I know what I'm getting with Cal. Yeah, that's fair. That's uh, that's fair. Okay, yeah. one left. Yeah, Mississippi State is a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Kentucky. Well, if you listen to the Thunder and Lightning podcast, you already know. But if not, I think State to win but not to cover. I'm going to go with a high-scoring game. Uh, Bulldogs win 34-28. Mm, so you got them close to covering. Yeah, it's close, but it's not going to be enough. Close, ugly game. I would take Kentucky with the points. Yeah, I'm uh, – I will take Kentucky because of the points, but I actually think Kentucky went straight up. Okay. Um, I just wow. Look, it's gonna make for an interesting week for for me if that happens. Well, I understand that, and I watched I watched a, a video that Mississippi State put out on Twitter today, and it was a video talking about a lot of what we've talked about. It was a shot of Joe Moorhead talking about intensity and oh, we got to set the tone from the gate and nothing matters in the past and nothing matters in the future. Only thing that matters is that you're prepared and you're ready to go for this game. And it just felt manufactured. Yeah, It's a weird weekend, though, because if Ole Miss and State both lose, we're probably talking about some fairly bleak big pictures on Monday. Whereas if they win, it's kind of like, Everything's okay. still kind yeah. of on the table. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, Walker, what'd you pick? You didn't. You didn't say. Uh, I doing the same thing I did last week, which I was ultimately wrong. I will take the six points from Kentucky, but I think Mississippi State will win the game, especially if Tommy Stevens is healthy. Yeah. I mean, Tommy Stevens is the wild card in all of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if you told me today with one hundred percent certainty that Tommy Stevens was one hundred percent or ninety five percent then I probably would lean Mississippi State not only to to win but to cover. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that, and I was led to believe that, oh, he's going to be good to play last week, and then he's not. And then he kind of forces it for a little while, and then he's out. And I, I just saw more from Sawyer Smith that I liked. And I think Kentucky as a football team has been is undervalued. I felt like they were undervalued in the offseason. I felt like they were undervalued kind of right up to the start of the season, and I feel like we're a month into the year and people are still undervaluing um, this this team. Uh, you know, we talked about it some with Derek Terry from 24-7 earlier in the week. From a talent level, like an overall talent perspective, Kentucky is actually more talented on paper this year than they were a year ago. difference in this year and a year ago is last year they had – Maybe the best running back in school history and one of the best defensive players in school history. They had an elite player, a, a difference maker on each side of the ball. On, on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, that, that, that's good. And State has a, a difference maker with Kylan Hill. I don't think they have one defensively right now. Yeah, I would uh, I would agree with that. So those are your picks from us. Um, how, did, how did we do last week, Borky? It wasn't as bad as you thought. I will have a full tally from these uh, first four weeks on Monday's show. Good. All right, I want to know. And Haydad will be not behind, so to speak, but he will be without a week's worth of games. Well, I mean, I will tell you honestly how I would have picked that week if you want to tell me what the game is. No, what we'll do is once we get a a number, then we'll just – put a percentage on it. Right. That's why I waited four weeks, just so we could could balance out the total. You can just drop your lowest week, and I just don't have another week to drop. You don't get to pretend win and lose money. You either lose it or you win it. Okay. And if you didn't bet it, you didn't win it. I see what you're saying. I get get the point. This isn't 
high school chemistry where you get a drop grade. Like, I, like it I need just, it all like, like it didn't actually chemistry. happen. Um, you want to be a part of the conversation, you can. Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. I miss when macroom was the only color that mattered. Is this supposed to be maroon? No, it's supposed to be macroom. I mean, there are a lot of different directions you could go that. Like, was that a Sylvester Croom reference? It was. I believe it was. You think? Yeah. I think it was just... What does Croom do these days? Well, I think he's just retired. You know, he left the Titans. And uh, I think he's just out of the business right now. I think. Google says retired. There you go. Tim, I don't think I can uh, read your text. Scott and Clinton (laughs) says... HBCU bands have a distinct sound. It's a brassier sound. Yeah. They don't have flutes and, and clarinets in those bands. They're, they're trumpets and saxophones. So no woodwinds? And if they do, it's just the saxes, I think. I don't, I don't think yeah, they... I guess the sax does fall into the woodwinds category yeah. because it has a See? I know, little wood I know this, wind you know, thing. If you want to talk to the bands, you need to get the other hey dad on here. Get my wife on. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Ty, uh, you play. Hold on now. Is this complaint? You guys play the LSU band songs over Mississippi school bands. No, we don't. We we actually don't. We play a variety of songs. If you'll listen closely. How much time do you people have on your hands? On, How on do you a, pick that out of all things to complain we've about? We've played Hale State no, and here, Fort Here's what he's today. saying. Dear he, Lord. He he's, did a series of tweets. The, the point he's trying to make is... He doesn't think the old Miss band is very good, needs an overhaul, and his example was, you guys don't even play the old Miss band song, you play the LSU band song because they're better. That's oh, what he's trying to I, say. Uh, well, that's not why. Yeah. I mean, we, Borky plays the old Miss fight song, Forward Rebels. I just cringe when he does because he's picked the worst version ever recorded of that song. It's the clearest and it's a bad one I song. can find. I didn't know and, bands had different versions. Like, you play the tuba, you play the tuba. I don't understand. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, Richard didn't look like he agrees with that. No, I, I don't. You you don't get a band say so. I don't want a band say so. <laughs> you don't even get band opinions. I don't want a band opinion. You get nothing. Good and day, you sir. Won't like it. No soup for you. Sports Talk Mississippi.
Super Talk Mississippi media production.